0: Hello and welcome to episode 175 of the Filmmaker's Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking from indie film to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them and how to try not to F it up in our very, very humble opinion. I am Giles Alderson. I'm a writer, director and a producer.
2: And I'm Robbie McCain, director, producer. And
0: today... We are delighted to be talking with director Matt Eskandari about his brand new feature Survive the Night which is
2: out now and stars Bruce Willis. So what does Matt talk about? He talks about going to Ridley Scott's office and getting his 35mm film cutoffs to make his first short. It's an incredible
0: story, you so want to hear that. He also talks about how he first co-directed trusting actors more and how to elevate the material and how
2: to create claustrophobia. He also talks about shooting a feature film in 10 days whilst maintaining a strong vision, how to use the camera to tell your story and working with a single location thriller.
0: So, how do you make all that interesting? What you do is you cast Bruce Willis. He also talks about how to direct the great man himself. It's an absolute joy of an episode, and I cannot wait for you lot to hear it. What are you saying, Robby? You edited it. Oh, is it's any a good?: beach.
2: Yeah. All of that to come. Yeah. On the Filmmakers it's Podcast. It's a peach.
0: <laughs> Speaking of great advice and people working with Ridley Scott, I wanted to just shout out a few of the episodes in the past that you might have missed along the way. Because Mark Strong does a full episode on working with legends such as Ridley Scott and Danny Boyle and Guy Ritchie. It's really worth you listening to. We also have one from director Scott Mann about how he directed Robert De Niro. And also the wonderful actor Tim Spall talks about Harry Potter and work with directors. They are separate episodes. And if you want to listen to those, go to the filmmakerspodcast.com and just type in the names.
2: We're gonna put links to those episodes in the show notes for you, so we got you.
0: So you've no excuses now, they are brilliant and totally worth your time. So you can go to the website to find them. The website is the filmmakerspodcast.com where you can also find our new merch. We're not just cashing in on this because we don't make any money from red bubble. We literally get about a pound, so it just pays for setting it up. There is an amazing face masks on there. Uh, so why not? Go get
2: one and help support. Go out there stay safe with filmmakers podcast face mask we've got some other good news as well today i went on a free development workshop which is run by screen skills and that was hosted by people who've worked with the bbc and in terms of commissioning and i really recommend and it was free it's just one of the things that you can take advantage of if you're working from home or remotely is uh you know wonderful kind of workshops and seminars that are online today
0: yeah screen skills are really cool if you don't know about them and you're a filmmaker do you're starting out it is perfect plus you can do your coronavirus test as well and you can get the um, certificate which means you're safe on set or you Mm -hmm. understand the safety on set i've done mine i got 20 out of 20 just saying i've done mine
2: too yes and i passed what how many did you get i don't recall but i think it was 20 out (laughs) of (laughs) 20
0: of course it was 2020 vision in 2020, And I suppose I want to give you guys some advice at the moment because I know it really is tough out there. It is. It must feel bleak because it does for me sometimes, even though I've got movies out. And it just... It's a strange time. So I just want to... I feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I feel like something's changing for us and it for the better it has to be i'm producing another movie with lucinda and it's uh, we start shooting in a month's time it's called repeat and i'm really looking forward to it but with full covid safety don't lose faith it can be done you are on the right path i promise you even listening to this it means you're on the right path you believe in yourself and your filmmaking ability so don't stop and we're here to help you so be inspired and be prepared and go out and make your indie film I do believe in that
2: so Giles you went to the uh, break premiere
0: yes I
2: did uh, for those of you who
0: listened to last week's episode of the break thank you so much for all your love you gave us but I went to the premiere Robert, the a drive-in premiere yeah. wow it was brilliant. It's my first ever driving, and what an experience. And yes, everyone was so cool there and really nice. And everyone was respectful and appreciated what they were trying to do. It's doing a few more drive-ins around the country, the UK. So do look out for that. Go to breakfilms.co.uk and check it out. But yeah, next week we have the fantastic and lovely Ben Moll, the director of Robbie. What's the movie he's just directed? Behind the Line, Escape to Dunkirk. It is amazing, really cool. That's going to be out in a couple of weeks as well. And he's going to be joined by Lucinda Rhodes Takara, who will also be co hosting with us next week. So look forward
2: to that, definitely. Fantastic, Giles. But now let's get to Matt Eskendari. Before you enjoy it, give us some love. Tell me if you like this, pass this on. Help
0: your fellow filmmakers, help us as well and let people know about it. Go to our Twitter and retweet our tweets at Filmmakers Pod. Robbie, you're a star. Thank you for editing this. Uh, enjoy everyone.
1: I never expected to be sued as a doctor. I'm thinking of settling. What am I supposed to do? What do you want me to say, Rich? Suppose I was one of your patients. What do you tell me? I tell you to fight. Yeah. On the search for two fugitives suspected of armed robbery earlier this evening. I need a doctor.
0: Is that him? Yeah, that's him. This is perfect. Isolated,
2: remote.
1: My brother already has your wife and kid. You're operating, dog. My brother dies. I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna kill your daughter. I'm gonna kill your wife. And I'm gonna kill your dad.
2: Are we gonna be okay?
1: Used to be the, the big dog in town. Don't try anything. I'm gonna start cutting bite on this.
0: Um, I'm obviously delighted to have with me on the podcast, Matt Kandari. How are you doing, buddy?
1: Doing great, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
0: Oh, absolute pleasure. I really enjoyed Survivor Night. I actually really enjoyed it. It was a really well-made movie, great performances. Uh, Bruce Willis doing his thing, you know. So I really enjoyed it. I thought, well done, man. Really well done.
1: Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a fun one to make. It was definitely my favorite of the... Bruce trilogy that I've gotten a chance to to work with Bruce three times and this was the second one and this was definitely my favorite for sure
0: it's incredible it's it's an amazing achievement so before we dive straight into survive the night and trauma center and all your other bits and pieces it's all right with you, we'll jump back. So what we like to do on the podcast is find out the beginning, to find out the start and how and why and uh, the reasons for, and how you got funding, how you got money, how you made through different stages. It's, I find it fascinating. So do our listeners. So I know that you were on the lot. Uh, the the Spielberg slash um, TV show and also on that program was Phil Hawkins who's a a regular guest host and has been on this podcast quite a few times and also Zach Lipovsky was also in your series and he's been on the podcast a few times as well. Oh wow. Um, well, so yeah so it's a really nice connection what i found by doing all these podcasts and stuff is everyone knows everyone it's a nice right. connection <laughs> it's really cool nice. so tell us about your start how you got to even get on on the lot and how that worked for yeah
1: you. uh god on the lot was as a while ago it was um it's an interesting experience i think i'm actually still friends with facebook friends with phil i don't know i might yeah, I yeah you are you are i messaged ages. him the other
0: day because i really yeah, want yeah. him to do this with you but yeah could, that would have
1: been fine i haven't spoken yeah. to him in like a decade. But. Yeah. Um, he uh, so, 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 yeah, so, um, so my story is I went to USC film school. Nice. I studied uh, critical studies, which is not really production. It's more just basically critical. critically analyzing movies and watching a lot of films, taking classes yeah. on like Hitchcock and uh, Spielberg, film noir, film history, which is actually, I think, a better education in mm. filmmaking than just learning, you know exposures on a camera and actual production stuff because i think that's the kind of stuff you just learn by doing yes whereas actually watching basically watching hundreds of movies and having to write essays on them and hearing professors talk about them is actually i feel like more educational that's fascinating not many
0: people have said that and this is i think you're only about two people who've said that they really enjoyed that whole side of it what was it that made you feel like you could because you're watching amazing movies and you're analyzing them and you're sort of saying well okay that's how they did that shot or that shot so how did you feel that it really helped you
1: i feel like it forced you to first of all just uh understand the history of cinema what other filmmakers have done what other directors have done Uh, Just looking at it like, let's say, a specific filmmaker like Hitchcock, understanding his voice as a director, what he did, how he dealt with issues of his time, how he was talking about issues of his time, and then just exploring how the aesthetics of cinema changed over time. Right. So it went from the fifties and then into the seventies and the French mm-hmm. New Wave and more avant-garde filmmaking. And then it went into the eighties and then got more into like that gritty dark stuff. And you really understand how the aesthetics developed over a century. Mm-hmm. And then as you kind of develop your own voice as a filmmaker, you start looking back at some of the other stuff and oh I loved that stuff. Or I love the way that, you know, this filmmaker did this, or you kind of you start unconsciously sort of like Picking elements of different, you know, filmmakers and directors that you kind of incorporate into your own voice. Mm-hmm. So it's it's to me, I feel like it was just almost like a like a education on history of movie making, and for me, it was just I feel like it put me ahead in terms of understanding different genres and and just really just you know opening up my mind to to different films like Kurosawa, like Kurosawa yeah. movies, Japanese cinema. Mm -hmm. I mean, to this day, some of my favorite films, like Seven Samurai, Ron, uh, all those movies from like Kurosawa are just like incredible works of filmmaking and art. And just seeing like the way he uses color, the way he uses composition, all those things, like, obviously... You know, you might not get get to that point where you're you're doing that intricate level of of, of, of filmmaking, but you can draw from that. You get inspiration from those kind of films, and
0: it's totally and, true. I'm reading this fantastic book at the moment called Mr. and Mrs. Hollywood, which is all about Lou Wasserman, who was the owner, if you like, of Universal Studios, where Hitchcock did a lot of his films, if not most of his films and it's really fascinating to hear exactly what you're talking about now but Hitchcock was making those movies on Universal lot and how he was doing it and how when Spielberg then got uh, you know after E.T. he got built uh, his own annex which is Amblin on Universal Studios Uh, at first uh, Lou Wasserman said why don't you take Hitchcock's office in Hitchcock's beautiful space. He said, I can't do that because I'd always feel in the shadow. Of uh, okay. <laughs> but yes. you're right. It's that whole history of movies, which I find fascinating. I think it's really interesting. And it does guide you as a filmmaker. But I did it the other way around from you. I w- was making stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And now I'm learning all that sort of stuff. And I find it fascinating. But yeah, there's two sides to it. And I think it's really interesting. You chose that side.
1: Yeah, um, no, it's it's definitely it's two different sizes. But ultimately, I mean, the way to learn how to make movies is you have to make them. So there was, there is that period where you're like, okay, there's only so much studying you can do. You got to uh-huh. get on set and and it. try yeah. it and do it yourself. But it's just, it's a fascinating kind of like dichotomy uh, being able to see different sides of that and kind of learning from other, the generations that came before you, right. Is totally. how I look at it.
0: So what was that feeling like when you first stepped on? Because you made quite a few shorts and some really cool. Yeah, so 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 from
1: USC, I mean, it's so it's so fascinating because I don't know if my career is like if any young filmmaker today could even emulate what I did just because it was such a different time, Mm. you know, like ten years ago. But it's interesting to compare, like, so when I went to USC made a bunch of shorts there was no youtube back then right so you just no. would shoot a lot of shorts put them on dvds and try send to get people off. to watch them send them off to, <laughs> yeah. to, to like agents and managers and friends and yeah
0: 360p you want it <laughs> <Whatever>. yeah exactly <laughs> like, terrible oh my exactly.
1: god exactly oh, terrible call. yeah looking oh. back like I, I can't remember i used to cut my reel on like vhs or dvd and it, just, like, it boggles my mind how oh my nasty god. it must have looked oh. but uh so I was at USC. You know, I did a lot of shorts, and then um, my last year at USC, since I was in the uh, the critical studies program, I didn't get like if you're in production, they'll pay for you to basically shoot a short film, like a thesis film or something, right? right. Since I since I was in critical studies. I had to do it myself so I was like oh cool I'll just use all the I'll find a way to like sneak around and use all the equipment here and kind of take advantage I'm a USC film student right nice. so yeah. so I was able to kind of game it a little bit and I basically did my own short film which was a, a film called The Taking it's like a uh, 12 minute horror film about a yep. little girl trapped in a house and she's being kind of haunted by these spirits and. And uh, that film opened up a lot of doors because it went into some film festivals, it won Best Short Film at Screen Fest, mm-hmm, and uh, it landed me my first agent, which was like, I was only like 21, 22 at the time. And, uh, and it opened up a lot of doors. So from next thing you know, I'm going to like these meetings with like executives and they're asking me like to pitch them projects. And it was, it was a cool kind of experience for somebody that young that's amazing. Um,
0: that really yeah. is amazing from a short film. I mean, most totally. people do talk about this a lot and they go, oh, I'm going to make a short and I'm going to send it out and hopefully get an agent. And a lot of the time filmmakers these days won't get an agent. It's just so unlikely. What do you think it was that you did? Did you write a really cool cover letter? Did was there anything different? You did, no, I think it, it, just, it, uh, I think it could,
1: just comes down to the short itself yeah. was well executed and it won uh, Screamfest. And this mm-hmm. was a different time. This was 2005, 2006 there was um there wasn't as many as much content being made back then right. right
0: there was less S- yeah and so, tv cameras and stuff like that and people totally and they tell, well, you probably shot totally. on film right did you shoot uh, on uh,
1: 35 baby like 35 thing. it was shot on uh 35 short ends i don't know if you know what that uh, is, ah, is but,
0: yeah i know yeah yeah that cast so it was shot from on, other people yep,
1: cast offs uh, and reels. um so and i still like, I,
0: go on go on
1: oh no i was gonna say i still remember um one of the funny stories is i was working as an intern at the time for yeah. uh, ridley scott and associates I don't, nice. know, I don't know if you know yeah, this company RSA, but rsa so i was working at rsa i was an intern there i still remember tony and ridley used to come in the office all the time i used to like you know like try to like i'd be like can i go get tony's cappuccino or something yeah, exactly. so i'd like go to get his cappuccino, <laughs> so i can have a conversation and then like i slowly started like building a little like tony was gone for this huge period but then I remember one time I went to to Ridley's office and I was like is there I talked to his assistant I was like is there any way I can just talk to Ridley Scott for like 10 minutes man Mm -hmm. just I just want to get his advice on like filmmaking and stuff and then finally like this one Friday when it was like really dead in the office they're like yeah you can come talk to Ridley you can have like a one-on-one and I was like oh this is sweet so I went in there and had a like and I was only like 19 or 20 at the time this was before I made that short film but I was like in his office sitting down and I was asking him, like, man, you know what kind of... I love Blade Runner, man. It's one of my favorite movies. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? This is before, I think, he did Gladiator. It was around that time.
0: It was, yeah, sure. Yeah, it
1: was, it was around that time. But I was like, yeah, like, do you have any advice, this, that? He's, his advice was just go make a movie. Just go shoot something right now. Like, I don't want to hear anything. Just, like, go out there, shoot a movie. And and, and he, he actually was like, do you need any, like, 35 millimeter short ends? Wow. And I was like... Okay, yeah, he's like, yeah, go in my office, right? There. There's like a huge cabinet full of like 35 oh millimeter short ends. And I was like, really? Okay, so then those were the, like, it wasn't all the short ends that I used, but those were part of the short ends that I'd used for my first film The Taking so he, I was like okay if Ridley's telling me to go make a movie now I better fucking do it, now. You better like, do it. I Tell better you. do it you know what I mean he's giving me 35 millimeter short ends to go shoot a movie so no
0: excuse and did you have an idea at that point Did you? Ha- he was like oh great no, thanks Ridley no not at all <laughs> no. not at
1: all I was like okay I need to get off my butt now and actually yeah. do it because like, I got Ridley it.
0: have you got any ideas in that drawer <laughs> of yours <laughs> <laughs> do one
1: yeah exactly so I was like okay this is motivation here man he's, he's okay. literally just giving me short ends. And tell me to go make wow. a movie, so I can't. Wow. I can't say no now.
0: Totally. Now what you gonna yeah. do? Yeah, you have to go do it, and you did. And what a success! You know, from totally. like say, getting an agent, ScreenFest award. Uh, it's brilliant. Uh, totally. And then, and then from there, you got to go on the lot with Mark Burnett and Steven Spielberg. Right? Is that how it? I mean, it's a couple of years. Totally. After. No,
1: that's 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 how it kind of uh, snowballed into that. So the Taking kind of land. I shot another short film for on the lot that. They needed you to shoot like a uh, another short, so it was between it was with the taking and another short film that I did I basically got selected like i think it was like the top twenty out of what was it like ten thousand filmmakers yeah, that 15, applied 000. fifteen thousand yeah. or something crazy like that mm. so it was um it was a great experience i mean it was definitely an eye opener i mean looking back i think uh it was more of just uh I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Like I didn't make it into like the top ten or anything like that. So sure. my experience was like I was on like I think the first episode and then I got kicked off. So nice. I didn't make it very far. But it was a cool experience just to see you know these other filmmakers and be around other you know other up and coming directors and just kind of. And I still and, like I'm Facebook friends and kind of keep in touch with a few of them. Like Jarrett, do you know Jarrett Lee Conway? I think yeah, is, sure. Yeah, of course. And there was yeah. there was uh, some other filmmakers that we're in like the top 50 or top 60 that I'm still in touch with. Like we still like, you know, shoot the shit every once in a while and catch up. And it's been interesting. I mean, it's definitely was a cool experience. I mean, the fun thing about it was more just the relationships that you made, right? I mean, just the people you met.
0: That's what it's about, right? I mean, I think this industry for me is all about who you know, and it doesn't matter if we're all directors or if you're all producers in a room, you're all helping each other. And the more you do, the more you, each other should help each other. You know, it, it's, it's not a competition. There's enough space for us all to go make a film, you know. Totally. So I always think we rely on each other and we should do. And that's what I've loved about Dennis Podcast is meeting so many directors and fellow producers and stuff because we're all in the same boat and we're all totally. trying to make movies and trying to survive and do it. And any advice we can give each other, well, I think that's a bonus and it, it really helps. 100%. Um, so then you went on to, to your first feature film, Victim. Uh, how did it come about? because that you know,
1: was uh yeah that was uh, the first one that i directed that was mm-hmm. um was a company that i it was funny as i had found this that well they had a script i pitched to direct it and there was already somewhat like a director attached to it but i loved <laughs> the script so much i was like well let's like team up and do it so i co-directed it with uh with another director yeah and um it was a, it was a good experience. I mean, it was my first. I was only twenty three at the time, wow. or twenty four. I was directing wow. a feature, yeah, uh, and it was a, a like it was a dark script. I mean, I don't even know if that film could get made today. It's so effed up. I mean, it was it was a dark movie, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> but uh, but uh, it was
0: around the Saw time. So it was around the Saw time. Yeah, it was around the
1: Saw time. So it yeah. dealt with like torture and stuff. Psych- mm-hmm. But it was more of a psychological, disturbing psychological yeah. thriller about a a man that gets turned into a woman against his will yep. so for purposes of revenge but um yeah it was it was an interesting experience i mean it's funny looking back we shot that on 35 wow. in in 18 days i think it was 18 days and then yep. survive the night we shot in 10 days wait you know what i mean so stop. it's like
0: <laughs> stop yeah you shot survive the night with bruce willis in 10 days
1: <laughs> 10 days man oh Ten days.
0: god <laughs> Wait, yeah. I can't wait to talk about that. That's amazing. Yeah. Huge congratulations. Thanks, th- man, yeah. I, There was no way I'd have that. That's yeah. really impressive. You've got car chases, you've got action, you've got fights, I you've got know. blood and stabs. You are a hero. You are a hero, sir. <laughs> it's insane, uh, That's man. amazing. Um, j- 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 we'll get to that. I can't wait. But you, yeah. would, you co-directed. How did it feel to co-direct?
1: You? I mean, it was a cool experience to actually do it once. I definitely afterward i wasn't keen on doing it again not that it was a bad experience or anything no but you've got but to I share just,
0: duties and that's difficult it's not it's easy it's
1: difficult you know yeah. what i mean it's like everything you do you, i mean you have to share your ideas with another person so it's not just like you, you you have to have a very strong bond with the person, yeah. and I think it's challenging. You know that, that's why a lot of like I see a lot of a husband and wife directing totally teams, yeah, or brother and, sis- brother brother and, and sisters, yeah. and stuff like that. So it's one of those things where you're like you're giving up a lot of trust to a person because there are times when you're like, wait, was that the right? Oh, that was a bad idea, man. What are you what are you doing? But uh, <laughs> it's um, it's definitely one of those things where it was. Uh, I just I'm glad I got to you know tell that story and.
0: Well, of course, you got to make a movie and I think at uh, 23 as well. And I think anyone making a movie is, it's an incredible experience and it's an incredible thing. And it's so hard to actually go make a movie. And you must have yeah. had a reasonable budget. It can't have been shot on, you know, 20 grand, 30 grand. So no, was, no,
1: that was around like 1.5 million or something that, like that. Wow, so it was for your back first then, feature. For That's back then too. Shot like on 20- 35, 30 yeah. 35, yeah. So it was, it, was, it was a nice budget. And How did you it know, come
0: about then? How did you get... But, you know, first time director. That
1: one was, I shot a short film. If you can look it up online, it's called Retribution. Retribution, yeah. Yeah, so I shot this short film sort of as like a trailer for the feature. And when the producers saw that, they're like, oh, wow, this guy's got a vision for it. He knows how he wants to make it. Mm -hmm. And uh, they raised the financing. So I think it was like a mix of like uh, pre-sales and equity kind of combined together. Okay. I mean, they had a track record. These producers that had made that film, they'd worked with uh, yeah. some some talent like Paul Walk. They made a Paul Walker movie before, and so they had they had some. Um-
0: yeah this had some behind them so it's like well it's totally, not a problem to totally, be on make yeah. this but you didn't totally. have any big names in the movie you know and no, that's quite incredible that you could i mean sometimes with horror you don't necessarily but still for a movie of that budget you must have felt like on top of the world and also shit scared
1: <laughs> yeah i know exactly no it was um it was actually it's interesting uh, i've read different stuff about as a filmmaker your first movie is always um it's always like that thing where you're the most excited for it. Mm-hmm. And there's always this sort of different kind of energy when you make your first feature or your first film, because you have no idea what you're getting yourself into. So you're always going in there with sort of like blind ambition. Was- and the first experience sort of not jades you, but like it's, it's, it's learning experience. You know what I mean? You realize, okay, um, uh, you know, every movie isn't going to be a day Like, I'm not going to try to be the next David Lynch or something. You know, what I mean, I'm just going to mm-hmm. make the movie work and the story makes sense or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So sometimes there's that um, humbling. You know what I mean when you make mm-hmm. that first movie. So it's it's interesting experience looking back on uh, you know your first film, your first first
0: feature i I agree i think a lot of people put a lot of pressure on making that first film and it has to be the big breakout hit and all that i I disagree i I personally don't think it does i think you need to make movies and the more movies you make the better you become as a filmmaker Um, because otherwise people are hanging on for that first one to get the best cast get the most money get this that and the other or they don't make a second one because they're going well it has to be bigger, it has to be amazing well just go make a movie go make another one because your distributors your investors don't mind they just want to see you can make movies and they can trust you to make another one Um, 100 and speaking of which then you get onto game of assassins which was called something else as well i think it had different yeah that was that was
1: a bit of a uh definitely i mean looking back that was um sort of like a lower point in my career in the sense that it was a much more challenging film to get made because it's, cause it's an
0: action it, adventure, it's, it's like a game. It was,
1: there, was a, there was a lot of elements that happened. First of all, it, I shot that film right after Victim around two thousand and ten or eleven ish. Okay, it took it took about two and a half, maybe even three years to go through post on that film mm-hmm. because uh, we I was we were really young at the time. I was like I was like twenty four or five or something like that. And then the producers were also in our early twenties. We went to China we shot this film in china wow uh, we were dealing with a lot of stuff that we couldn't handle we ran out of money mm-hmm. at the end of production so we had no money for post and we had to figure out a way to basically complete the film without without any funding um oh my and then gosh. we can yeah so then we came back to la and then and i was sort of like um, that advice that you just gave about just make movies just do it Mm-hmm. at the time i didn't understand that advice right so i was like oh okay i'm just going to wait i'm not going to do anything else we're going to finish this movie this is going right. to be the movie that lands me like a studio film job yeah. or something yes. right i'm going to yeah. i'm yeah. going to get a 100 million dollar movie when i when i people see this movie and so that it kept dragging right post kept dragging and then we got entangled with this these shady producers uh-huh. that came on board that tried to help us but then they it turned into this mess, like a lawsuit or something crazy like that. It oh, yeah. dragged on for another year. Meanwhile, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to make any more movies. Like, I'm, I'm going to get this film done first. I got to get this done, and then we'll move on to the next thing. So it turned into this thing basically dragged on for almost three years, three or four years. Right. And by the time the film got made, it was a mess. I mean, the story didn't make sense. Like, The script was kind of like convoluted. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really happy with it. And right. it didn't turn out anything like the way I'd, I was hoping. So it was like, we got like a very limited, like uh film festival. It came out in a couple film festivals and went to right. VOD, but then they, and then they changed the title to, it was called The Gauntlet, but then they changed it title to the Game of Assassins. I was like, what the, like that has nothing <sighs> to do with the movie. Like what the, <laughs> why? so yeah. it was like, it was definitely. And then when that film came out, I was like a huge low point in my career. It was like 2013 or 14. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was very jaded. I was like, I don't know if I want to do this directing filmmaking thing anymore. This thing, you know, it, it was like a gut punch to me where I was like, I don't F this career, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if this is for me, you know what I mean? So mm, yeah, I'd gotten this low point and I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. I'm going to do something else. I got to pay the bills. And it was like questioning the whole the whole passion, right? Yeah. And then, but it was like, that's, that's you know, you go from, where you think you're, you know, on top of the world, to on a lower point, and then you start questioning things, and then it forces you to kind of uh, go back to your roots and try to figure out why you're doing what you're doing, what it is it about, you know, directing, telling stories that draws you, and and it was definitely a necessary step for me, I'd say.
0: It's fascinating that I think it's something that doesn't get talked about a lot with directors and filmmakers and producers. We all talk about the, we've got a film out, let's do some PR. But actually there's a really deep depressive side to filmmaking where we just, we're we're sometimes stuck in limbo. It's stuck in post is the film or it comes out and doesn't do well and we're stuck in this sort of like (sighs) position. Mm-hmm. Where you know the buzz isn't on us anymore, and we can't send scripts out as our oh, projects to projects aren't coming anymore, and you, you, you've got to fight hard to get back up there, and like you said you could have given up. You could have gone, ah, I'm not this, this is a shit business. It's really difficult." <laughs> and you didn't. What was it that changed in you? What was it that made you go, no I really want to do this?" I actually uh, do. It- I believe in myself.
1: It's, it's one of those things where there was no, it, it's hard to say if there was like a one moment kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. It's more of, you know, after Game of Assassin came out, it wasn't as success, successful as I thought. I was disappointed in the film itself. And yeah. then I had to kind of reassess, okay, like what kind of films do I want to make? What kind of stories do I want to tell? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I started writing more. So I started nice. just getting back into writing and just, mm-hmm. just writing and getting scripts out. And then I kept writing like these big budget movies, like these huge actioners or whatever. And I was like, I want to do these kind of movies. But then I was like, I can't get these made. You know what I mean? I'm like, why am I writing these like $50 million action movies that I don't have any way of getting made? You know what I mean? Like, cause I didn't have an agent at that point. I didn't, have, I didn't even have a manager yeah, I, and even at that point. Eat- like the
0: script, yeah. it, someone else they'll go. Okay, well you're not directing. We're going to give it to this person. You'll get totally. so you producer credit, and you'd be like, um, <laughs> and then they it. yeah, exactly. It it's like that's not why I get that's why yeah. I'm doing this you know exactly. I mean? So you were thinking, right? I have to think outside the box and make something that's a little bit more indie, and make something totally. that can be mine. And then you started writing Twelve Feet Deep. Oh, exactly. It was part of your journey, right? Okay, which is so two then. Sisters, so then I was trapped. like, yep, I love this. Trapped, it was in trapped in under a yeah. grass in a pool in big exactly. pool. How cool so is that? that? What a great concept.
1: Oh, it was, it was brilliant. It was like one of those things where, you know, I was like, okay, I'm not gonna be able to get these huge movies made. What, what can I do that I know that I can kind of just figure out worst case? I can, cause I knew a lot of actor friends. I was like, I live in LA. I know all these incredible actors. Let me just mm-hmm. get, let me just find a movie that I can do with like two really incredible actors, yep. stick them in one location and it'll be a, a badass little movie, you know what I mean? Because I know yeah. I'll get great performances. It'll be just be a cool concept. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, what location has not been used for a single location thriller before? And uh, it's funny, is actually, I just started researching and looking stuff up, and then I actually can't swim, so I have this fear wow. of of like water and pools and stuff. And I was like, uh-huh. wait, what if you got stuck in a pool oh. and? You know the thing, cl- and I was like, and then I actually researched it and saw that that has actually happened to people, yeah, it does. So, yeah, so I was like, all right, let's see if we can, you know, make this work. You know, and so I, and I wrote the script, and, and when I wrote the script, I was like, okay, I could shoot this for probably like a hundred grand, if even that. I mean, I could probably mm-hmm. use for like 50 in my backyard, pool for parents' yeah. backyard, pool if I have yeah, to. Not you, yours. Know I mean? you don't have one. yeah, my parents <laughs> yeah, I can't swim. but uh, but I was like, oh, this is, this is doable, so. But at the same time, I was shopping the script around, too, to, to different producers that I knew. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, hey, you know, I got the script. I'd love to do it. If you can get me money for this, you know, let's do it. It's a badass little concept. Meanwhile, though, I was already planning on shooting it myself. Like, I was like, whatever happens, I'm going to I'm going to make this movie. And um, lo and behold, there's this company that came back and they're like, oh, we'll finance it. We'll give you like half a million dollars, 500K. Wow. And I was like, oh, OK well yeah wow. if it's between just doing it myself in my backyard and 500k yeah let's well i'll make it yeah, work I'll, you know we'll figure it out. yeah we'll to. figure it out we'll figure it out so amazing so that's how that came to be and then just shooting that film again really reinvigorated my passion for for filmmaking because it really was just bare bones literally like two actresses in a pool just how do you create tension how do you create Mm -hmm. suspense how do you create the drama the performances it was Mm -hmm. really just uh it forced me to like get down to the nitty-gritty of just telling a good story and and uh and the film turned out and i was actually really proud of the way the film turned out and i was like okay this is you know i i'm my confidence was back as a filmmaker i was like yes. okay yeah that's, wow. this is it you know what i mean this is why i'm doing this you know what i mean so yeah
0: and nora Jane noon uh, who i know is she starred in that as well as tobin bell which is she's really awesome. cool she's awesome she's awesome, awesome. Yeah. british actress and yeah she's yeah. great so what was it that how did you shoot in a pool like that how did you what was your tactics you know you don't like water <laughs> what
1: yeah what did you do i mean this that is was your nightmare was... right <laughs> What was funny is I made sure to not tell anybody that I was af- like, you know, afraid of water or that I couldn't swim because I was like, really? yeah, because I don't yeah. want the like the producers to know like, wait, are you going to be in a, what, you don't know how to swim, bro? Swim? Like, yeah, insurance it, it's, reasons. yeah like, So I made sure to not tell anybody that, but um, but yeah, we I figured out a way where a lot of the film was shot in like a shallow end. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was in the shallow end of the pool and, you know, when we were in the deep end, I was like, gripping the, the edge of the pole really tightly really <laughs> with a megaphone <laughs> yeah with a <laughs> megaphone but oh no God. it was definitely a challenge that one was that one was shot in 14 days the challenging okay. thing with that one was um, obviously being in the water slows everything down mm-hmm. uh, you know Nora and Alexandra Park Great, great actresses, great, but obviously, I mean, they're human beings. I mean, they get cold after a couple hours in the water. Yeah, and you can't have hot
0: water either because of the steam and all sorts of bits and pieces like that. And their fingers all go, um, you know why your fingers go all wrinkly? Do you know the reason why it happens, by the way, Uh, when you're in water? uh, Is
1: it because of, uh, it's like an evolutionary thing to do with grip or something like that? Exactly right.
0: It's to do with grip. I, yeah. d- I found that out about Eragil. that's amazing. It means that yeah. you can grip. As humans, we've learned that we could grip better if our fingers did that. Isn't that amazing?
1: Isn't that, is, that's crazy. Yeah, um, that so is yeah, crazy? So yes. <laughs> we took it all. We brought them to our land.
0: An endless night, ember hot and icy cold.
1: The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not. But she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2.
0: Play it now
1: with Game Pass.
0: It it must have been a really incredible experience. And I love the fact that you fell back in love with filmmaking again. It was like, and I imagine it was very indie. I imagine the producers kind of of went, yeah, okay, go on then. Go go make it. Totally. Which is great. Yeah, I mean,
1: I had total creative freedom and, you know, there was obviously that bouncing back and forth of ideas too, but Mm -hmm. it was definitely more of a, uh, it was a great collaboration. It was, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, and then when the trailer came out and I was telling them, I'm like, guys, you gotta realize it's gonna be a viral concept. They're like, Oh, it's fine. You know, I was like, just watch, man, and then the trailer. And I actually edited edited the trailer myself Sweet. because I wanted to. Because I was like, they're gonna like. I was watching some of the trailers that they cut, and I was like, now, like, let me just cut a trailer for you guys. Mm-hmm. So I can tell you right now, I can like, if we build enough mystery, people yep. will get hooked and so I cut the trailer and, then I was, and I was like you guys can cut your own trailer but just look at this one just just so you see it yeah and then when I showed it to them they're like oh this is awesome yeah let's release this and I'm like yes and so they released the trailer and then it just went viral like crazy
0: yep and as uh, it should opened, yeah, cool. and then it it's just so opened cool. up a lot of doors yeah and what do you just before we get to that next step what did you learnt by this point then to, what tips from your first two films um uh had you learned that you brought to work with actors to work with crew were you better what, all those type of things
1: oh totally i mean there was that bit of like rust because i hadn't been on like literally between gauntlet and toffee deep i don't think i'd been on set for like five or six years that's how much time had elapsed My you know between that so it was like
0: isn't that amazing right i find this fascinating dps are on yeah. set a lot uh, sound oh, yeah. department makeup actors time. as directors we're not and we have mm-hmm. to get our muscle going, which is why we shoot other things in between, whatever we can, to keep that going. But five right. years to not be on set—oh my gosh! Yeah,
1: it was—it uh, <laughs> was, you know, it was, it was a little intimidating at first. But then, you know, it's funny how quickly I just fell back into. Uh, into it those yeah. into it yeah you know what I mean I was just like okay these are the things I do and and definitely I'd learned to trust actors more you know my yeah. first couple of films I was more like oh I gotta tell this person how to do it this way or you know oh, this is my vision I have to make sure my vision comes through you know what I mean but yeah. it was like no man like I want to I want these actors to elevate the material I want them to co- like now if an actor doesn't come to me with ideas I started like question their motive I'm like, are you, are you passionate about this project or not? Because you're not coming. In, you're just asking me to tell you what to do. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I need an actor to bring ideas, elevate this material. Like, how? Like, you have to know this character more than I do. You know totally. what I mean? And yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, definitely with uh, you know with Alexandra and uh, Nora, like they they helped elevate the script, and you know we did rehearsals, and that was the first time that. I'd actually done rehearsals before on a film, which I thought was super beneficial because you get to, so good. So get to go through that journey. Oh, it's so mm-hmm. important you go so through the journey and you talk through everything. And I got to practice things I normally wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, i come um, from
0: the theater background so rehearsal to me is like well of course we're going to rehearse it you know totally. i love doing that and it's it was fascinating going on to film when people are like no no just sort of get on with it he's like no no no, the actors come on give yeah. them a chance here yeah, it's this you know we're all in this together i love collaboration totally. and i love that you said that and i think it's so important that actors and crew bring their own voice and energy to it otherwise like you say you're just telling them where to stand and what to do
1: yeah um, exactly
0: fascinating and had you learned much more about camera techniques and obviously you knew so much anyway were you were you elevating sort of stuff that you learned in the past and also on the last two films and saying what can i do here that's slightly different in the pool and what can i where can i move the camera was it a case of that's what you wanted to do
1: yeah no there was definitely uh you know i'd learned a bit more visual language of cinema is always just expanding and growing with 12 feet deep for example i was trying to find a way to create Claustrophobia. Mm-hmm. So, if you watch that film, there's a lot of the first two thirds of the film. You know, we have the uh, the camera on a uh, jib arm hanging up on the water. Mm-hmm. And as the film progresses, the camera starts dipping lower and lower into the water, getting closer, it goes into handheld. Those like smooth, like moves turn into more of like these kind of chaotic uh, handheld camera stuff. And the water line is literally touching the lens. And so, there's a lot more in terms of creating like an aesthetic that that grows over the course of 90 minutes was definitely a challenging thing. And just because it, I mean, we could spend an hour talking about single location thrillers because mm-hmm. there's a way to do those kind of movies. Yeah. Um, because you're, you're literally in one location for 90 yeah. minutes, right? So how do you make, to that make
0: it? how do you make visually, it yeah, tell yeah,
1: tell visually? Yeah. Visually interesting. interesting. Right? Yeah. How do you make something visually interesting for 90 minutes? And mm-hmm. there's certain ways to do that with, you know, with the camera and with the color and with the aesthetic, and it has, there has to be enough visual variety, so that yeah. uh, so that your eye is constantly kind of drawn in and, and, and finding new things, and, totally. and that was all all a part of it, and it it helped when um, when you like plan things out, a lot of prep, a lot of storyboarding, a lot of shot listing. But then at the in at that time after doing a few movies, I was more confident in coming up with things on the day, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I I mean, you could have it all planned out, but then you're in the water and you're just like, okay, well, what if we go this? Oh, this looks way cooler. Let's point in this direction instead, or there's more depth in this direction. You know, why are we looking at this wall here? So Yep, you definitely build that confidence you build that confidence over several movies where you can trust your instincts more
0: totally agree with that, if you're prepped and you know your film and you know how you could shoot this and then something changes brilliant, because it's better and you only can bring new things, but at least you're prepared it's not like you don't know what you want, you know what you want but actually this is better, that's the best place to be as far as I'm concerned, it sounds like you were and you nailed it, and 12 Feet Deep is amazing go see it everyone, Uh, it is available Um, go get it, so then we move on to your first uh, working with Bruce Willis with Trauma Center. So tell us how this happened. How do you get Bruce Willis to star in your movie?
1: Yeah, (laughs) so basically um uh, I met him in a bar, you know, bought him a drink and I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I that. Had a great night. <laughs> yeah. Had a great night. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just uh, convinced him, please be in my movie, Bruce. <laughs> no, no, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so after 12 feet deep opened up a lot of doors, I got a manager, got an agent. Finally, after like six years of not having any reps at all, like I was just doing stuff on my own for six years, trying to get stuff going. Yep. So 12 feet finally opened some doors.
0: And do you think it helps right. just on that side of things, having the manager, having the agents? Do you 100%, think it makes
1: hundred percent. It yeah. I mean, it, you can't wait around for them to bring opportunities to you. You got to no. create your own opportunities, but definitely having, okay. uh, you know, having reps that'll introduce you to other people is a great kind of leverage for sure. I definitely recommend people, you know, don't wait around for it, obviously, but you sure. know, it's a, it's a, at some point in your career, you definitely need it. So, so, I was able to get reps from 12 Feet Deep, and then they introduced me to like a bunch of producers and the producers that I'd met with. <clears throat> it was funny, I was actually working on uh, Survive the Night, which was called The Long Night at the time. So, I was working on that script, a home invasion thriller. And when we finished the script with the writer, uh, we started shopping it around, and there's this one company, EFO. They loved the script. They're like, "Oh, mm-hmm. it's a cool script. Let's do it." And I was like, "Okay, I'm cool. I'm attached to direct it." And they're like, "This is great. All right, cool. We're going to shoot this in 2019 or whatever." And I was like, "Awesome, yeah. great." So yeah. it was about. it's like, it was like we started developing the script more. They gave us notes. We started doing that. And then I get a call from those producers, like uh, a month into working with them in development on on Survive the Night, and they're like, "Oh, we have this other film called Trauma Center." And the director fell through for whatever reason. I'm like, oh really? And i was like, Yeah, do you want to read the script and 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 tell us what you think? And it's got Bruce Willis in it. And I'm like, wait, what? what? It's um, got who okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, hell yeah. Send me the script, man. Yeah. Kind so, of interested already. <laughs> yeah, I'm already I'm already curious. You know? Oh, and they're yeah. like, Oh, it's and they're like, Oh, cause you'd shot this contained thriller with uh, in a pool. Mm-hmm. Can you do the same thing in a, in a in a hospital? Because this is all set in hospital. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, shit if we can make a pool look interesting I think we can make an entire hospital work uh, as, a, as a single yeah. location <laughs> so then I read the script and I was like okay I I totally hooked into it it had an interesting kind of through line with uh, the main uh, pr- protagonist her character her arc it's very uh, kind of like you see her grow from a waitress into like this badass fighting against these two corrupt cops and mm-hmm. it was a very cool sort of build up of tension suspense um and it kind of drew me in and i was like oh cool like, yeah let me and then and then an opportunity to work with bruce i was like oh yeah so like yeah. let's do it you know i'll, I'll make it work so, and then we shot that in puerto rico and we only had um it was a 12 day shoot so that was only shot in 12 days
0: I, I'm, I, this is amazing for me why is it it's a money thing i mean that, it's, it's a total
1: money thing right These, uh, it's a total thing where um basically to get Bruce or to get somebody of that caliber, there's a certain amount of the budget that has to be dedicated to that. Yeah. So then they're left with X Nothing. amount. <laughs> and and then you're like, okay, we trust you, Matt. We can make it happen. So then you hire a director who's already done, like, you know, 14 days, like, quick, okay, we're yeah, gonna take yeah, two more days out of it, yeah. figure it out. And it's definitely challenging. It's it, it, was, it was a challenging film, but I was definitely reinvigorated as a filmmaker before that. So, so you, I already, really, you were up for it,
0: you were going, yeah, we can do it. And plus it's working with Bruce Willis. So you're thinking, well, I've got yeah. to take this opportunity. I'd be silly not to.
1: Totally, but, totally. And it was a lot of fun. I mean, we, got, we were in Puerto Rico, we got to, we found a great location, a cool hospital, yeah. got to work with some fun actors, got to practice. Yeah, Nikki Whelan's amazing, yeah. She's awesome, she's awesome yeah. in that movie. She totally owns that movie. Uh-huh. And it was, a, it was a cool experience. Like you said, just shooting more movies, I I became even more confident as a director uh you know just being able to plan things out and shooting a movie in 12 days was a great experience in terms of like okay uh trusting yourself trusting your instincts there's no time to to double to double uh double yeah. guess or second double guess, guess. Yeah. you know it's what I mean? like, yeah this is
0: it let's get on with this this it, it. Shoot, shoot, yeah, shoot,
1: let's shoot. Shoot. yeah totally so and was, imagine
0: now you're shooting digital so you're literally like yeah yeah that'll let's pu- punch in there let's go there go 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 and that's yeah
1: 100 yeah move so, as
0: fast as you can
1: so yeah, so that was uh that was how that came to be. and then once we finished that it turned out it turned out well. They got what they needed, we got what we needed, came out and then jumped right into Survive the Night basically.
0: Wow. And and just before we do that, how was it working with Bruce? That first moment, did you have phone calls with him? Did you have any rehearsal it with was, him? It
1: was No, and- God no. I wish. <laughs> so so the way it is is um So that first experience, I was like, you know, I'd heard some horror stories like, oh, man, Bruce, like, you know, Kevin Smith hates working, And I'm like, wait, like, okay. but then I'm like, this is going to be interesting. So I started looking at interviews behind the scenes stuff of Bruce where he talks about like working with M. Night, Mm -hmm. working with, you know, uh, Terry Gilliam or some of these other directors. And I noticed he always mentioned how like M night had a strong vision and he, you know, he talked him through his costume and every little detail and this and this. And, and I started realizing like Bruce, man, he's the type of actor. Every actor is different. Yeah. Bruce, I could tell was the type of actor that wants a director to take charge, take control and know what he wants mm-hmm. and not waste his time, digging it around or whatever. So yeah. I could just sense from the way he was talking about like M Knight and how strong M Knight's vision was. And, and I was like, okay, I gotta go in this with like a very firm understanding of what I want from Bruce. Mm-hmm. Otherwise he's going to kind of like you know, it's not gonna be a fun experience. No. So my first time working with him, it was, you know, you only get to shoot with him for two days and you and it's an eight hour eight hours a day. Oh my god. Is the way god. it is. And you, you have, have to kind shoot. Of he- Oh my god. You get god. 30, 30 pages in 2 days and <laughs> it's and it's like five different sets and you're like more. So yeah. It was like eight or nine different sets and you're like, "Oh, and an action scene." And I was and it's like, "How do you guys put like this is insane." So mm-hmm. so it was a it was a cool learning experience just to see what what works and what doesn't with that yeah, kind of you must model have
0: to have a, a double for Bruce so you can do the reverses. Oh yeah, for sure. Like there, there's a
1: double that comes in and does like his over the shoulder, which, mm-hmm. which kind of sucked for like Nikki for some of the of course, scenes. But, yeah. but, um, but oh. I made sure to learning from that. I was like, okay, I started seeing what Bruce does, what he likes, how he likes certain scenes. Like, like the character he played in trauma center, there was mm-hmm. no, emotional stakes there was no uh there was no depth to the character and i was like and they gave him like some of these pages i was looking at they're like they're giving him these like monologues of exposition wow. i was like i was like why are we giving freaking bruce willis like a page yeah. of exposition to do man like let's like let's, let's not gi- waste like
0: no let's not waste let's bruce give this willis to another character <laughs> man like, yeah totally get him running <laughs> around or something give yeah, him a look
1: do s- anything yeah something different so mm-hmm. I was, and i was like okay so just learning from what what I got from that, I was like, okay, I need to take this for the next film and tailor the next f- script and the next character for what I think Bruce is strengths are in terms of being able to shoot in two days. You know what I mean? Like if we had, you know, two two weeks like M Knight does, it's a whole other thing. But totally you know, since we're trying to cram in thirty pages in you know, in freaking two two days, it's you have to tailor that, right? So that was that know. was my learning experience from
0: from and did there. you know that at that point that bruce was potentially interested in survive the night as well or did it depend on how well you worked together
1: it depended on that experience okay. but um bruce you know the relationship was strong where it was like he he liked to, he liked me We, i liked him so it was like yeah let's do another one Brilliant. so
0: so, so yeah passed. i was able
1: to, yeah <laughs> totally what was yeah. that first
0: moment when you had to direct him though with like you say you you went in there strong so were you just like at that point just treat him like the same as everyone else same as nikki just go for it
1: totally you know like i basically um he it was that
0: <laughs> bruce do it better <laughs> what's wrong with you
1: the first, ex- <laughs> the first experience of bruce actually was because um, you do get like he shows up to set he shows up on his yeah. private jet he, they yeah they bring him on set and then he goes to his trailer Okay. And this is like an hour or two hours before we shoot. So then I actually get to talk to him for a couple, you know, for a little bit before we dive into the script. Wow. So then like, uh, so I show up in his trailer, he's just chilling out. He's like, how's it going, bro? I'm like, how's it going, bro? You know, we just like, we hug it out and we sit down in his trailer and, and, um, I just start talking about the character and he started, you know, it was just like a, like any other actor. And, and then he's like, what? And I asked him, like, what do you think of this character? I wanted to pick his brain and see, like, mm. you know, what do you think of this character? And he had some interesting ideas, and, and he's like, can I try something? And I was like, yeah, like, dude, you're, hell yeah. I'd love to see what you can do. So then um, <laughs> the first scene, though, was like, he, he shows up. He's like, can I try something? I was like, yeah, man. Bruce probably like show show it to me, man. Give it to me. Mm-hmm. He showed like the scene was written in a very specific, I don't know if you saw Trauma Center, but yeah. he's walking out from a detective's office, and he has That's this nice. like moment where he has this back and forth with another detective, and Bruce shows up and. He took it to this like crazy. He walks out of the detective's office. He takes off his sunglasses, and the other guy starts like asking him a question. And he's like, "What do you fucking want?" He just like throws his keys down. He slams the door. Like starts scream. It was like a scene from like Heat or something, right? And I was wow. like, "Holy shit!" And I just started watching. This, and my mouth was a gate. It was a totally different take than I was expecting. <laughs> but I was like, "Holy shit!" Bruce is just he was just started ad libbing. He just started going, "You're a disappointment." Blah, blah. I was. He was like the other actor wasn't anticipating it so it was kind of like funny watching it all unravel Mm -hmm. and i was like whoa and then i and then after the scene i called cut i went up to bruce and he's like what'd you think and i was like he started smiling i was like i was like that was interesting that was like heat or something you know it was reminding me like michael Mann's heat and he's like yeah yeah and i was like let me do one a little bit more subdued now we got that let's try Mm -hmm. like a little bit more like subdued now you know he's like okay okay so it was it was interesting
0: that is fascinating. That is fascinating. The thing is, yeah. you, if you'd said, "Let's do one more subdued," and he'd gone, "No, no, no, I want to do it like that," that would have been really difficult. But I think what's great yeah. is that he said, "Okay, fine, fine." You know, yeah. and plus he was probably testing you to see if you could direct as well. Because if yeah. you'd gone, "No, Bruce, that was amazing," he'd have gone, "Ah, oh, this it's going to be shit." Yeah. But the fact that you went, "Nah, let's let's not do that. Thanks, Bruce." He yeah. probably, yeah. I've heard they, I've heard that that can happen. They'll test you with the first one and just go nuts and see what you do as a director. And wow. Totally. You must have been you must have been heart in your mouth type moment where you're going, Oh god, how am I gonna
2: say <laughs> right. something here?
1: It was more of just like wow it's an interesting experience, you know what I mean? It's, like, mm. it's gonna be fun.
0: Yeah, you're but, gonna keep uh, this up the whole time, Bruce? Because Totally, yeah, totally. I've it's got eight be fun. hours today now, eight <laughs> hours tomorrow, so <laughs> I love it. Trauma Centre again, it's just such a wonderful film and it's great to see your progression as that cool. filmmaker, especially to shoot yeah. that in twelve days. So yeah. cool. So now we come on to, to the latest, Survive the Night, your second yeah. in the Bruce Willis, Willis trilogy. Uh, the third one isn't out yet. But so Survive the Night. Now this is obviously you've written it as well. So this changes stuff because you're baby, uh, right? Oh, you certainly developed it a lot. Um, totally. So let's uh, talk us through this now. So now you're, you've done Trauma Center. Has it come mm-hmm. out yet before you'd started shooting? Or no, I well,
1: it, it, technically it started, uh, I started post on, um, on Trauma Center and then I already was already starting prep on on Survive the Night, basically, like because okay. they wanted to do that one right away. So at, as soon as we finished post on Trauma Center, we flew out to Georgia and started prepping uh, the long night Survive the Night. Yep. So it was like literally like rolling from one film right into the next it was a great experience. Mm. Uh, just taking all the taking everything that we just did and then being able to push it another level was was definitely a great experience and now that i knew okay so these are the type of scenes bruce likes doing yeah. this is what i can get from him in this eight hour period yeah uh, this is like the best way to tell the story so i was like okay i'm gonna make sure that you know i'm gonna give bruce like i'm gonna raise the stakes for bruce in every fuck, in every scene right yeah his wife's gonna die in a scene um you know he has to have an arc with his son in this movie there's like this uh judgmental relationship between hit father and son and you know so i was like trying to really dig into the character so that when bruce picked up the script for the first time i want to make sure he could see like this wasn't just another like he's not just showing up to give exposition now like this is like real stuff now right like like yeah so i was curious to see like okay can we pull this off and and um again did you know. have two days with him same thing Same, same two thing. days same. eight hours and what's interesting was survive the night he's in the film for like 45 minutes yeah he's in you know what a I mean? lot
0: a lot more than i thought he was gonna be yeah no, those 30s. are the things people like
1: i honestly think I'd love to see somebody find me a movie where he's in the film for forty-five minutes, where he only had two days. Yeah, you know what I, I mean. Like, I'm find immense. me a movie, man. Find me a movie. Like, I and, loved and, what uh, I really,
0: I, I loved the fact you kept the camera on him as well. You know, when oh, he was 100%. doing looks and moving, I was like, well, of course it's Bruce Willis, but at the same time, he was still doing stuff. He wasn't totally. just phoning it in or just going right. I'm here. He was. I mentioned those two days, he was proper focused and going right. Okay, well, this is what I've got to do. But two days, I'm just gonna deliver and deliver and deliver. And he he seemed to do that
1: when Um, he showed up on set for it i was like okay i'm gonna see what's gonna but like i met him at his trailer right away and you know i was like hey bruce good to see you again how's it going brother you know and he and then his manager looked at me and he's like bruce really liked the script and i was like oh shit like bruce liked the script like yeah like i was like that was like nice so like so right away i knew that um bruce was gonna like turn it on Mm -hmm. so and then he started coming with ideas already he's like what if i uh He's like, what if I play this as an alcoholic? And I was like, ah, I don't know about that, Bruce. But <laughs> let's think of some other stuff, some backstory, and this and this. So then, uh so then we went back and forth on it. And then his soon, he did the first scene he did was the one between him and Chad, father and son, where yep. he's sitting down on the rocking chair, mm-hmm. and he just like turned it on. And I was like, whoa, man, I love it. You know, like I was like, we got the best. Like I honestly yeah. feel like I got the best Bruce that you could possibly get at this point in his career, you know, just cause he's done so much, you know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. like, I saw that energy, that twinkle in his eye and I was like, Whoa. And then, we go upstairs and then and he was like pushing me and
0: that's the opening scene for him in the film as well isn't it so it's totally when chad michael totally. Murray comes through the door and have that moment there's bruce sat there and if that was the first scene you shot with him he he really was fantastic He was great you were like oh he's not just going to phone it in he's brilliant he's already totally. delivering bruce willis and you're
1: like yeah and then i noticed there. he was he was like okay when are we doing the scene with the Hus- husband and grandma and, and in the bed and say he just he wanted to go do like the net like the, the meaty character joke yeah. emotional stuff i was like oh shit like let's go do it man let's like you know so then um did you
0: have all the was everyone ready all
1: the rooms were already set and right just oh, in case have we had to, to
0: jump really right the preparation to
1: do this kind of a movie in 10 yeah. days oh. there's no time to waste with anything you have to be on top of every little detail all the time, any little mistake could cost you, you know what I mean? So, especially in those two Bruce days. So on those two Bruce days, you break down every hour exactly where you're gonna be, what's gonna happen, how long. In your mind as a director, you have to know how many takes you're gonna get, because if you get too many takes of something, Mm -hmm. you know, then you are losing time, you know what I mean? So you have to be editing in, in your head exactly how that shot's gonna go to the next shot, to the next shot, to the next shot. Because if you're not, you're screwed, basically. I mean, you're not getting Bruce to show up again. You, you know, know what I mean? mean? So it's, it's yeah. like, he's showing pick-ups. up for two days for eight hours. There's no pickups with Bruce, right? No. And if you don't get those, I think it's uh, contractually obligated. He has to be in the film for um, for like 20, 20 minutes or 25 minutes, Okay, contractually if the studio doesn't get those 20 minutes, like you're going to be big, the producers are going to come after you as the director. <laughs> like, what? Totally, it's you know what? Tell it, your fault. Because you're signing in a contract saying that you're going to get 20 minutes of Bruce for them. You know what I mean? So if you don't get that, it's big, big trouble. So, so you were you planning re-
0: then to do reverses and things like that on say Chad or Lydia? hundred uh, percent. Yeah, later. that was the thing.
1: No, well, no, because I learned from the first film, I was like, if you look at this one, I'd say about 75% of the reverse. I found ways to shoot the scenes where either A, I wouldn't need to get reverses or because yeah. it was a two shot of Bruce and Chad. Like mm-hmm. if you look at the scene with Chad and Bruce where he does the surgery on Chad's shoulder, yep. that's all Bruce. That's like a five Is minute it? scene of just oh, Bruce. I thought, yeah. Oh, because no. I thought
0: at one point that's not Bruce. That's his standing no, doing the other no, side. No,
1: that's oh, Bruce it. the whole time. Because wow, okay. I was like, because that was one of the things like after I did Trauma Center, I was like, it's not really fair to to these actors like nikki no, Whalen, like she's later to later or whatever to do yeah do, it's re- like do this isn't fair again. like they're doing yeah. this when we did it to do a scene with a legend like bruce like i'm going to schedule these such that chad every scene he does with bruce we get it we cover it whether it's a two shot whether like there's actually um there's inserts in the film yeah like normally when you shoot a film with bruce you don't get inserts with bruce's hands like in no. this I got Bruce's hand inserts on hand. I was like, oh all right, Bruce, God. we're doing an insert in your hands." He's like, "All right." So we could do like close up of his hands. <laughs> your it's time, like, man. <laughs> right, exactly. So it was He's like looking at the clock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm like, but you know, it's like after having worked with him, I knew exactly what I wanted, right. and I knew I had enough time to do it. And I was like, I don't want to have to go back and get like, no, man. Bruce is here. And they would tell me, it was funny, is they would tell me like, oh, Bruce doesn't do inserts. He doesn't do over the shoulders. And I'm like. Hi man, he's another actor. Like just, yeah. just get put the camera over his shoulder and shoot it, man. He's love to do it. And then yeah. so we're like, okay, Bruce, so you're not in this one, it's just over your shoulder. And he's like, cool. Shows he was them, fine with that that's amazing I really love that like, I don't know why great. people like. why are people saying this man just mm, get what I've you want that. just tell them what you want get it and move on and maybe it's so. because you were a good
0: director with him and you were a great director in itself so therefore he trusted you and was like I'll be here whereas like totally. I said on that first day if he'd said I'm going to do it this way and you'd gone okay Bruce he'd have gone oh, <laughs> I'm not turning up for the reverses this film's shit yeah. I don't care yeah. about it it'll get buried on video somewhere no one cares it might not even come out whereas totally. here he's like I like this guy I'll do what he wants um, totally. That's temporary. incredible. So, yeah. so I love the fact that you planned it and you did. So, even the shots on Chad Michael Murray when it's his close up and it's he went into talking to Bruce, you were like, Bruce is sat in the chair. Yes,
1: yeah, no, totally. Like in, in that Amazing. scene where Bruce and Chad are having their first conversation together. Yeah. I was like, All right, Bruce, we're done with you. We're, we're just stay there, keep in dialogue. We're going to do it on Chad now. So, we turned around, we got Chad's close up, and it was like, There you go, man. And he was there. He was ready to do it again. He tried it. He came up to me, like, he whispered, like Can I change the line? I was like, love it man change it you know what i mean like That's he had crazy. this like adjustment for changing one of the lines and the scene that blew me away was the one in the bedroom with his wife because mm-hmm. i wasn't sure because on the script it says like he starts like a little water coming from his eyes he cries yep. a little bit and i was like all right bruce i i was like i, I kind of teased him it. i was like i'm looking forward to seeing you cry in this one And like looking forward, <laughs> you know, looking forward to seeing john you know looking for some tears and he's like yeah. he just kind of nodded at me. he has this like look where he just nods at me i was like oh shit Ooh. what's he gonna do so then, in the rehearsal, there's just like tears streaming down his eyes, and I was like, oh, I like "Turn t- over, turn over the camera." I was like, yeah. I was like "How, like, dude, did, did, did you guys shoot this?" I'm like, "Why are we not rolling, man? Yeah. Bruce is crying."
0: <laughs> oh, we shoot the rehearsal. I was like, "Just shoot the rehearsal. Yeah. It's Bruce Willis. We'll get something."
1: <laughs> I know. I was so pissed. I was like, "Ah!" But then we obviously, and then so, so then Bruce looked at and he's like, "How was that?" I was like, "Bruce, that was amazing," but that was rehearsal, man. Let's let's save it. Let's save it for. <laughs> and oh then he God, was like, he's like, like, he's like yeah, he's so. like, yeah. Sometimes I'll, I can cry, you know. and I'm like, yeah. So then we rolled with it, and we got that scene, and I thought it was like one of the more powerful scenes in the film, you know. Between, it really is. It's between, really great. Yeah. So between them, and and it was just interesting. And and one of the I got to mention one of the other scenes we did that shows like his caliber as an actor. So like, and this is the type of stuff I love doing with actors is on the script, there's a scene where after his wife dies, he's out in the woods, he's like running away, run, runs away, Yeah. he's running away, he's running away from his mm-hmm. own and the guy's chasing him or whatever. And I was like, okay, so, and it's just a quick beat. I was like, all right, Bruce, I just need you to, you run, you land on this tree and then you just take off. Right. Yeah. And then he just looked at me he's like, okay. and then so on action, he comes over he leans against the tree. He whispers his his wife's name. He's like Rachel, Rachel, and then he just pushes himself off the tree, and then he does this like scream of like agony and pain. You know, he just yells like his predator scream, and I was like, "The hell was that?" I was like, "That wasn't in this." I was like, "Okay," and I was like, "What the hell was that?" And I started laughing to myself. I was like, what "The hell was that predator scream?" I'm like, "What the hell was that?" Yeah, and then, um, and then I was like, "Huh? Okay, that's probably not going to make the movie or whatever." Mm-hmm. And then. <laughs> I go into the editing room and then the editor was like, dude, that was genius, that little bit that Bruce just, like, you know, yelled and, like, had that pain ah. and agony and this. And I was like, oh, shit. And then I watched it and I was like, holy cow, like, that was beautiful, man. That was an interesting choice. Like, where did that come from? You know what I mean? That's incredible. Because at the time have got
0: Bruce, we've talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> Not, what's wrong with you? I've only got you for another few hours.
1: <laughs> right. So he'll make these. So cool. And that's the things I realize is, like, A lot of great actors what makes them great is they make unpredictable choices right Mm. it's not always the safe boring choice that certain actors make that are very kind of like oh there's a scene where you walk in you scream or there's a scene where you walk in you cry there's like you just they're so instinctual and i think that's what bruce's talent is and he still has it is he just comes in and he just instinctually just does something and you're just like what the hell is that sometimes it's like completely off And you're Mm -hmm. like, no, it doesn't work. But then sometimes he'll do it and you're like, dude, that was like masterful. That was like, where the hell did that come from? You know what I mean? It's like.
0: Yeah. And also because the pressure's off a little bit as well. So he can probably go, do you know what? I can cry here or I can get more emotional here or I can get angry here because he's going, well, it's relaxed. And when you're relaxed, that's sometimes the best performances from actors, you know? 100%.
1: Uh, He is so relaxed. I mean, I've never seen like any actor, he's just so cool calm i think that's just his personality but he's mm. just like so calm cool collected i mean it's just amazing like so i see some of the actors just watching him and they're like oh shit you know what i mean
0: yeah it so. must have been great for like chad michael murray in this one and nikki Wheeler in the last one i mean all your cast in this one were fantastic you know you, i thought to- the two guys who you had i think it's tyler and uh sheer is that right who oh played- yeah
1: no tyler and shay, shay beautiful those characters oh, oh beautiful man just- the brothers <laughs> I was like,
0: these two are amazing. Why have I not seen them, you know, properly? I know he was in Gotti and uh, they've all been great stuff. But I was like, these two are stars, man. These really, really good performances.
1: I Um, think both of those guys have a long career, especially Shay was, uh, Mm. he was one of those actors that I hadn't worked with before but um i've always said like oh i'd love to work with you know you hear about stories about like obsessive actors who are like uh, daniel day lewis kind of people that just kind of method or whatever they're just like obsessed with the character and they're just like show up to set and you know they'd never turn it off or whatever and um i was like oh, i'd love to work with those kind of actors i'd be kind of cu- curious to see like what's that experience like and funnily enough when we cast shay the dude was so obsessed with the character he just showed up Completely like prepared and in it and with ideas and. It was just like like it took the whole thing to another level it's like
0: which you need like, when you've got 10 days because if totally. you're trying to find like they're trying to find the characters or performances you're like oh we haven't got time i'm now got to do yeah. another take with them and it's like everyone's totally. looking at the clock going nah come on you got to move on that, totally. that yeah and then you got people like that just delivering amazing performances how let's totally. let's break it down then in terms of your 10 days mm-hmm. how did you Prepare. How did you fully go right? Here's how I need to shoot this movie in ten days because it is full-on action. There's blood. That like I say, yeah, there is. Pow, there's a lot.
1: Pow. It's uh, I don't, I don't even know it's possible. <laughs> we did the impossible. I'm not gonna lie. You, you did. but I'm you like, you did. I'm like, I'm like, if somebody can find me a better movie shot in ten days with this I much action and stuff, mm-hmm. I'd love to, I'd love to PayPal the guy a hundred bucks because I don't know, man. Just a hundred bucks. That's all you <laughs> That's <it>. That's
0: <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Maybe but, a coffee. Uh, yeah, tell me how. You yeah, do exactly.
1: It. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tell me how you do it. I'd love to know. Yeah. But it was, it was just a combination of preparation and editing and there's no way i could have done the movie in 10 days had i not had the prior experience of a working with bruce and then b just having so many films under my belt as a director having both successful and non-successful films knowing what's possible under those time constraints being confident enough in what i'm shooting how i'm shooting it how it's lit not concerned about the minutiae and stuff that doesn't really matter, you know what I mean? Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in that kind of constraint, it's like little continuity things or whatever. Sometimes you have to understand like, you know, what's important and what's not. Yes. And then really the most important thing is just editing the movie in your head. I mean, there was times when I knew exactly what take was going to cut to the next take and how that thing was going to cut to the other thing and that was just because of sitting in an editing room for five other movies over the course of like all these years. Like I know exactly what works, what doesn't based on the way I shoot. Right. Yes. So. I I love that. And I agree with that. Editing.
0: It's it's so important to be editing as you're shooting as a director. You have to have so much in your head and it's really hard, but that's your
1: job. Hundred percent. That's that's your job. Is like mm-hmm. nobody else is editing the movie in their head nope. while you're going along, right? It's nope. just you that's doing that, right? Like the producers are have a million other things that they're doing. Not, and yeah. They're trusting you, and you know they're looking at the coverage and they're watching out shot and they're like, oh, okay, got the wide, and then to the close. But you are literally having to cut the film in your head because you're like, did I get this right performance? Is this going to, you know, match up to what was there and then this and then that? How does this,
0: how do I get out of this scene to lead into the next one? Why do I need need it? What is it? But I've got to get, I can't cut from a close to a close. So what is it I need? And it's true. I, 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 because I learned to edit years ago and made so (laughs) many promos and brand media and ads and long form films before I made my first feature, so I'd learned to edit. And I'm so glad I did. It made a huge difference. I don't edit my movies, but I, the fact that I can edit means when I'm directing, I'm going, okay, that could cut from there. That, ah, okay, I need something else here. I, I need a white, or I need this, I need a hand, I need something. So it's important to do that. And as much as your DP and you work with Brian Koss again on this as well as um, a trauma center, they're doing their brilliant job as well, but and totally. they're cutting as well, but not as much as you as a director who has to have the whole movie in your head. Yeah,
1: you have to. Um, and that was an interesting point that you brought up with you don't edit your own movies. And I think that's actually a good thing mm-hmm. because as a filmmaker, yeah, you're, you're cutting you're cutting your movie as you're going along, as you're shooting, you have to be able to do that. But then give all that to an editor who you trust and let them look at it with fresh eyes you know what i mean and i think that is where the film could get elevated once again right because you have this whole movie mapped up in your head you got what you needed Mm -hmm. you can do it now you show up to the editing room and then let somebody else who you trust Give it a, fair, a fresh pass. They might find things like they found that moment with Bruce yelling into the, into yeah. the moonlight. You know what I mean? Like I would have never used it. I would just sort of been like, oh, just. totally you'd have told the story
0: story that you thought you should tell the same with my editor Oliver Parker who's done my last two films he brought stuff to the table I'd never have thought of he went we don't need that scene. move that scene to there have this first or do that look and and you go oh gosh that totally changes so much so having that relationship with your editor is is vital as well that you trust each other same as your DP Um, amazing I I love this story thank you so much for sharing and now obviously Hard Kill your next Bruce Willis movie you've shot this already right this is
1: yeah that one we're still in post on so it's still in post-production we're still kind of working on it um that one was like a totally different movie it's like a heist action thriller it's totally different kind of film but uh a lot of action a lot of shootouts and stuff which was a whole other thing to deal with right Um, did you get
0: more than 10 days on this one
1: no we got 10 days on that one too (laughs) oh my god because they're because that was the same producers producers. they were like oh dude you did in 10 days i was like i know but this and i looked at the script i was like Wait a second, This has like all these shoot. This is like ten times harder to do, man. There's all these shootouts and stuff. And they're like, "Well, you did that one, then." Yeah, and this is like, "Well, problem. you did a car chase. You exactly, did a car chase. Yeah. So you did a you great can do car
0: chase as well." I I, I find that's a really interesting thing to talk about is that producers do they go, "Oh, we shot it in ten days, or you shot it for." Uh, half a mil well you can do the next one for a bit less and maybe nine days yeah yeah, yeah just exactly. push yourself a bit more and you're like, no, no, <laughs> no 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 i need more money <laughs> i need more time uh, but that's exactly. what they think but then you get to make movies what we talked about at the very beginning of this is you'd never have been able to do this movie in 10 days and with bruce if you had not oh, yeah. made movies so that's 100%. the point i say a lot is go shoot movies even if it's on an iphone go shoot movies because 100%. it doesn't matter they don't have to go anywhere but you've learned and you learn all the time um, which is amazing Um, so people can go watch uh, Survive the Night July the 27th you can watch this movie do support Uh, it's amazing it's brilliant the fact it's shot in 10 days now you know that go watch it and be amazed uh, and then go uh, find Matt on on Twitter or Instagram and tell him how amazing he is Instagram what's your Instagram handle sir?
1: it's just Matt Iskandari
0: Matt and Skandari there you go yeah. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well cool, are you cool. on Twitter at all do you use Twitter much no I've um,
1: I've avoided Twitter yeah. just I can't I can't see it I can't I'm not going to do it <laughs> I'm avoiding as much t- totally. different vibe totally it works it's for us to-
0: it works for the podcast it works for what we're yeah, doing yeah, yeah that's for sure a lot of our listeners are so totally. um, this has been so much fun, Matt thank you so much I really appreciate, hey, appreciate your it. time to talk about yeah. this a lot um, you can follow us at Filmmakers Pod and if you do like this do tell your friends and pass it on because amazing knowledge you've learned today and you can from all our 170 odd other podcasts that are out there as well you can follow me at giles alderson and remember if you're lucky enough to rise up and do well like matt has done it is your duty to send the elevator back down until next tuesday take care stay safe and go out there and try and make your film make it happen take care everyone bye bye